0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. We're in a series. We are. We're in a series. We actually, I don't know, I kind of think I started it two weeks ago. I'm not sure, but two weeks ago, I brought a message. Um, we'll, We'll hit the scripture again because it really is where the series has come from. And then now we'll pick it up from here and at least to the end of September. But I'll be honest with you, if I've been studying and preparing uh, for the series, God's just been stirring so many things in my heart that I'm probably going to extend it on into September, but we'll see as we walk it out. And really the topic is uh, the anointing, anointed. And And I wrestled with saying that word. It's not a bad word, but sometimes I try to stay away from some like really churchy words, right? It's like, I'm not sure what that means. And some like sanctification and redemption, and sometimes uh, they need a lot of explanation. Uh, we got newer people all the time, and we're believing for that. We're believing for new people all the time to come to the Lord. And <clears throat> so I just was, okay, is there another way to address that? And I just like, it's the anointing. It's anointed. And so we're going to just take it as God brings it, and we're going to share it with all of you. And I want to say a few things as I'm clearing my throat, but I want to say a few things about the anointing. Number one, the anointing comes from God. No man can manufacture anointing on our own. It doesn't come from our own strength and own power. It is from God. And it comes from a salvation experience. a surrender your life to Christ. And in that moment, the Bible says that you're changed. Old things are passed away. All things become new. You have a new nature. You have a righteousness, not enough yourself, but through Jesus, the work of the cross, My Bible says that God's seated on the throne of heaven. Jesus is seated at his right hand, making intercession. And so the power and presence of God that's in me is through the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought God lived in my heart. I thought Jesus was in my heart. He is in the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm going but I'm going to send another, just like me, just the same, another, just like me, another part of 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 the Godhead. And it's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, the Holy Spirit is the center of our anointing. Amen? And so for every believer, everyone that said yes to Jesus, the anointing came into your life. And that's amazing. But you don't stop there. (laughs) And just because you have the anointing in your life doesn't mean you walk anointed. Come on. Just because you have the anointing on your life doesn't mean you walk anointed. There are things that you do that enhance the anointing, things you do to hinder the anointing. But you are anointed no matter what we want to learn how to walk and operate in the anointing. And basically, part of what we're saying really is we want to learn how to develop a, a greater uh, relationship uh, uh, with the Holy Spirit. And so the anointing is that part of us that gives us the ability, the divine favor of God, and the divine enablement to do what we can't do on our own, basically, is the anointing. And so that's for every single one of us. And if there ever was a time to walk in the anointing, it's today. We need to operate in something greater than our own strength, and that is the anointing that comes in the presence of power of the Holy Spirit. So having said that, that's where we're headed these next several weeks. I want to break that down for you. I want us to understand it because if you don't understand it, how do you walk in it? I want you to know what that looks like because the reality is too many many Christians are, are walking a powerless life even though they're anointed. They're allowing the world and just the enemy and circumstances just to overwhelm them and control them and steer them and navigate them, but yet they have a power greater inside of them. And so when we learn how to operate in that, we have the ability then to go beyond the natural and operate in the supernatural, if you will, to experience God's life to the full as he intended. So let's dive into the scripture. Second Samuel 3, 39, last two weeks ago, uh, this is uh, King David. He had already been anointed king. We'll get into that story today. And so he comes to a time that things are tough, having a tough day. And so he writes this, and I am weak today, though anointed king. And last week or two weeks ago, we emphasized that you can be weak and still be anointed. Praise the Lord, because if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the anointing of God inside of you. David had been anointed for a divine purpose years before this, and even though he was experiencing setbacks, he realized, recognized that even though I'm facing something right now, I am still anointed. I may be hurting right now, but I'm still anointed. I may be in pain right now, but I'm still anointed. And so we want to look at that from the idea of of how do we operate then and walk in that anointing. And the title of my message is Get in Alignment. And what I mean by that is get in alignment with God's plan and purpose for your life. Because the anointing doesn't come for your enjoyment or entertainment. The anointing comes from his enablement to do what he's called you to do. It's an empowerment to do what God has called you to do. It's not just so you can come to have a Holy Ghost meeting and have goosebumps and have a good time. I like that as much as anybody does, but that's not the purpose of the anointing. The anointing is to make a difference, to change lives. It's to enable you, not entertain you. And so when you get in alignment with your assignment It releases the anointing in your life to a greater measure, greater capacity. So you can walk and experience what God has for you to do and fulfill what he has for you to do and fulfill. And so let's go ahead and jump into this other story. I'm gonna skip around uh, from first service, guys. First Samuel 16, I'm gonna go there. First Samuel 16, Uh, let me pick this story up. And this is where the prophet Samuel comes to anoint the next king. We know it to be David. We just read that he was anointed at this moment in time. Yet it was a while before he stepped into his destiny, but he was anointed during all that time. And so, as Samuel, uh, God says, you need to go to Bethlehem and anoint one of Jesse's sons. So let's pick up the story here. 1 Samuel sixteen three. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. This is the discussion with Samuel and the Lord. And I will show you what to do. You're to anoint for me the one I indicate. Now, interesting because Saul is still the king. But Samuel's supposed to go anoint David, so Saul's not going to be real happy. Hey, Samuel, where are you going? I'm going to anoint David King. <laughs> so he's a little afraid right here. So God's talking to him. So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled. And when they, when they met him, they asked, do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. And when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely... The Lord's anointed stands here before me. In his perception, this was the anointed of the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or outward things or his height. Saul was a tall king, looks like a good replacement, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart, which I want to say this morning, thank God. (laughs) Amen. Because whatever you're doing, if it doesn't come from a heart place, it's not gonna move God. I don't care how talented you are, educated you are, smart you are, experienced you are. If it doesn't come from a heart place, it does not move God. I don't care how desperate you are. If it doesn't come from a heart place, not a talent place. So God knows how talented you are because he gave you that talent, right? Man, I know what you got, I gave that to you, right? He's looking at your heart. I love that. So lesson for us, right? So God looks at our heart. So we may move people by our talent and appearance, but it doesn't move God. We may have a plan or a strategy, but as it doesn't come from a humble, sincere place, it might move people, but it won't move God. And it goes on to say this in verse eight, then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord's not chosen this one. Then Jesse had Shammah, Passed by Samuel, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord's not chosen these. And so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is are still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's sent tending his sheep, Samuel said. Send for him, we will not sit down until he arrives. I like that, send for him, send for him. God wanted to anoint somebody, so he said send for him. God's getting ready to put his anointing on someone, so he said, send for him. I tell you this morning, God's sending for you. He's sending for me. He's sending for you. Why? Because he wants to anoint somebody. He's sending for you and wants to anoint you to do what he's called you to do. He's sending for you to want to do something beyond your ability, and you need an anointing for it. And it doesn't matter if you've been overlooked. It doesn't matter if you're uneducated or inexperienced. It doesn't matter if you're young or you're old. It doesn't matter if you've never done that before. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself or what other people think about yourself. God is sending for you because he wants to anoint you to do something he has for you to do. He's sending for you. He's sending for me. God's sending for you. He goes on to say this, verse 12. So he sent for him and had him brought in, He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. And I wanna say this morning to you, you are the one. God's not looking beyond you. He's not looking through you, past you. He's looking at you. He's not moved by your circumstances. He's not moved by the things, education, the things we already mentioned. He's moved by your heart. You are the one chosen by God, royal priesthood, holy nation. He's chose you. He wants to anoint a king, but there's already a king. In fact, Saul is currently the king, but God never wanted a king. If you know your biblical history, he had judges in place up to that point in time that would help dispense justice and manage the day-to-day operations of the kingdom. He always wanted to be the king. But the people got to be looking around at other nations like, well, they got a king and they got a king. And everybody's kind of looking at us, you don't got a king and we want a king. So God said, okay, and gave the people what they wanted can I just say this morning, be careful what you ask for. Right? Which, there's a loud amen. I hit a chord right there. Oh, yeah. Come on. Testify. Right? Be careful what you ask for. So they got, they got a king. And, and um, what happened was Saul no longer was in alignment with what God had for him. So God's looking for someone to get in alignment. That's where the anointing is. And so you have to be in alignment. You don't want to be in alignment with people, which is what happened. You want to be in alignment with God. And so I want to talk about that for a minute, being in alignment. So God's, uh, God's uh, not in your life to bless your will. He wants to bring your will in line with his will. And so one of the greatest examples of that we see in Scripture is in uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before he goes to the cross. Jesus is our example, and he has, has this moment when he's there in the garden, and Gethsemane, Garden of Gethsemane means oil press. Where Jesus was experiencing just that, and oil is a type of and shadow of Holy Spirit anointing. So isn't that interesting? Oil press. So Jesus is there. So Jesus is struggling within himself, his own will. And you might say, well, yeah, but he was God, and so everything was going to be okay. But understand, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man, and he had to get his humanity in line with God's will. Because once his humanity was in line with God's will, then the divinity could flow through him. Once our humanity is in in line with God's will, then the anointing can flow through us. When we're in alignment with the assignment, it opens a door for the anointing to flow in and through our lives. So Jesus himself is the example in the garden. He is there before he even goes to the cross. He has to get his humanity in line with God's purpose. Not my will, but your will. Not my plan, but your plan. I have to do what God has asked me to do. And in that moment, Jesus was feeling the pressure. It was that oil press. And he was in that place of pressure and be And We just sang that song today. And which is so amazing, we talk about Holy Spirit alignment. I never told Pastor Cody what my message was today, Totally, he told me that song is exactly what we're talking about in this moment—that pressing, that crushing, that Jesus wrestled with—and because of his humanity, he wrestled with that for a moment. And I want to say this this morning: You can be crushed and still be anointed. It doesn't discount you or keep you from fulfilling what God has. You can be a pain and still be anointed. Did I say you can be a pain? I meant to say in pain. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anybody or looking at anybody. (laughs) But it's true. It's still true. However, in pain, a pain, the pain, whatever that is. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) You need to be in alignment to experience that. You can experience all these other things. God loves you no less when you're crushed or in pain than when you're anointed. He doesn't love you any more when you're anointed than when you're not. He loves you the same. You, You will always have anointing on your life if you've accepted jesus and just because life is crazy and your emotions get overwhelmed and they're crazy it doesn't mean that his favor or his anointing has left you it doesn't mean that you're anointed any less or he loves you any less the bible says jesus was under so much pressure that he was sweating great drops of blood he was wrestling with his will to get an alignment with god's will Let's take a look. Mark 14, 32 through 36. They went to a place called Gethsemane, meaning oil press. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with them and began to be deeply distressed and troubled, feeling the pressure. My soul's overwhelmed. I'm crushed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it's possible, the hour might pass from him. Hold on a second. He fell to the ground and prayed, If this is possible, let this pass for me. What was he praying in that moment because he was being pressed, his humanity? He was praying not for God's will to be done, but for his will to be done. Did you get that? No, that's Jesus. That's Jesus wrestling with his humanity, trying to get in an alignment with God's assignment, God's will and purpose, because that's when the power and the anointing is in that place when you're in alignment. So he prays not for God's will to be done in this moment. He prays for his own will. Abba, Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. My will, not your will, God. And then all of a sudden, something happens. He surrenders to that moment, and after his time of prayer, and he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. What happened to that? That is a significant, I don't know if we understand. This is a significant point, uh, point right here, because if Jesus had not got his will in alignment with God's will, there wouldn't have been a crucifixion. Come on. He would not have had the power the presence to be able to endure the beatings in the crucifixion. A power greater than his self, greater than his own power to overcome what was set before him. Had he not got his will and What happened in that moment? His humanity got in line with God's will and then the anointing on his life enabled him to face what was coming. So then he goes and goes to the cross. He was no more anointed, at the resurrection, than he was in the garden. Come on, he just had to get his will in line with God's, God's, and then he was able to walk in that anointing on his life to do and fulfill the purpose God had for him. And it's the same for you and I. We get our will in alignment with God's will, our plan in alignment with God's plan, and the anointing is released in our life and gives us the ability to do what we can't do in our own strength. You can be crushed and still be anointed. You can be pressed and still be anointed. And Jesus was in a a great struggle, a great battle. Then he got his will in line with God's will. Verse 37 says this. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said, you're asleep. Couldn't you keep watching hour? Watch and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh and weak. And here is a little insight from Jesus, our struggle, our battle, willing and weak, willing and weak, willing and weak. That's our battle. I want to do what you want me to do, God, but I'm really struggling right here right now. I'm trying to get my will in line with your will. I'm trying to make it happen, Lord. That's my battle. That's our battle too, willing and weak. So Jesus, let's take a look in verse 39. Did we go back to 39 for a second? Go back one. Once more, he went away and prayed. Now listen to me. Jesus now has prayed three times. He prayed three times to what? To get his will in alignment with God's will. He prayed three times in, the, in maybe the space of an hour or so. And we'll only pray on Sundays. Come on, if Jesus needed to pray three times in an hour to get his will to line up with God's will so the anointing of God can flow to give him the power to do something beyond his own strength and ability. Don't you think we need to spend a little bit more time in prayer? Come on, somebody. He had to pray to think right. He had to pray to talk right. He had to pray to do right. And when he began to pray, we already saw in scripture, when he began to pray, he was praying for his will. And then at some point in time, it switched. And that released the anointing in his life and the power to do what God has called him to do. It's the same for you and I. He said, I'd rather be aligned with God even if it's out of alignment with what I want. I'd rather be in alignment with God even if it's out of alignment of what my disciples want because they want me here. I'd rather be in alignment with God even if I'm out of alignment with my family and friends. I'd rather be in alignment with God even if I'm out of alignment with the culture of today. And believe me, we need to be more in alignment with God than the culture of today. I'd rather be in alignment with God. How about this one? I'd rather be in alignment with God more than in alignment with my political party. (laughs) Take your pick. Any side of the aisle on that one. I'd rather be more in alignment with God. I'd rather be more in alignment with God even if I'm the only one. Because I can make it with God. Because when I'm in alignment, there's a power release in my life that gives me to do what I could never do and my own strength or ability. Verse 40 says this, when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping or resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go here. Be- here let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the 12 appeared and a crowd with swords and clubs chief priests, teachers of the law. Basically, that's his, he knew what was coming. That he had to get his will in alignment with God's will for the anointing, the power of God to come in his life to do what he already knew. See, some of us don't even know what's coming. He knew. We didn't think, well, if I knew, I would go ahead. No. (laughs) If you knew you were gonna get beaten and crucified, I don't think that you would go ahead and say, okay, yeah, let's do it. Maybe if you had the anointing, right? So the anointing is the difference maker in our life. When you're in alignment with God, the anointing... Will make the difference. It will flow when you get in alignment. You know here's what I think. I think you know the enemy works so hard, but he understands this: if he can't keep you from being anointed. So I'll go back to how we become that. If he can't keep you from receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, for the Holy Spirit to come into your life, he wants to keep you from getting an alignment with what God has, because he knows when you are in alignment but the plan and purpose of God, then the oil flows, and the anointing on your life is greater than what he can deal with. So he does so many things to keep us. Now, if he can't keep us from getting anointed or getting born again, he's working really hard to keep us from getting in alignment. So he's using all kinds of things, distractions, offense, all kinds of things, anger, people, circumstances, all kinds of things to keep us from getting in alignment. Because when you're in alignment with God, yokes are broken, walls come down, chains fall off, doors are open, breakthrough happens, healing occurs, freedom comes, amen, when you're in alignment. I want to be in alignment. Can I say this? When we, as a body, tree of life, when we're in alignment, in unity, and one accord, when we're in agreement, come on, can you think of the anointing released in this place? And can you think of the anointing released from this place? from this place out around the world. When we all come in and walk in the anointing God has for us, the ability to do more than we can do by our individual selves, and when God brings that to us corporately, how many yokes can be broken? How many chains can fall off? How many walls can fall down? And the gates of hell cannot prevail. When we're walking in the anointing God has for us, when we're in alignment, the Holy Spirit comes. We're not gonna get there today. We'll get there in another message in this series, probably in September, but in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, hey, gather in Jerusalem, Terry went for the Holy Spirit, the, the promise of the Father, the gift, the another, just like me, that I'll send you. The Bible says 120 people in a room, an upper room, in unity in one accord. And when they got in agreement, when they were in alignment, the Holy Spirit fell, the anointing fell on them, empowered them to change the world. It's power in unity, power in alignment. Psalms 133, one through three. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil, oil. It's a type and shadow of anointing. Holy Spirit poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing. He bestows the blessing when you're in alignment. When you're in alignment, the oil flows down. Now understand the picture here. It starts on his head, flows down his beard, down to his collar. Keep the analogy going, because in the Old Testament, they dump the whole jar on you, right? They dump like... The whole thing of cooking oil. No, the whole thing all the way down. So you know what happens? Everything that's in alignment gets soaked. Everything in alignment gets soaked. From the head, when the head, you should be praying and believing that the head is in alignment. And if you stay in place, you might be the beard, you might be the collar, you might be the robe, you might be the shoes. But if you're in alignment, you're gonna get soaked. Amen? So everything in alignment. I love that. I love that. And alignment releases the oil, the anointing of God in our lives. Let's get back to our story, 1 Samuel 16. Let's start in verse 1 today uh, now and come to this aspect of the story. So the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Because I understand that Saul, uh, Samuel anointed Saul and was supporting Saul for many years. And so this was hard for him. He's like, man, I... Can we just? Can we still use him? Can we find a way to use him? God went, and God's like, no, he's out of alignment. I know his heart. I'm going with a guy whose heart's in alignment with me. And so it was hard. And so he says, how long are you going to cry for him? Get up. We got something to do. We need to go to this, find this young shepherd boy. Doesn't say it there. Obviously find this individual I want to anoint now since I've rejected him because he's out of alignment. Feel, listen to this. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending it to Jesse of Bethlehem and I've chosen one of his sons to be king. As Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, as Saul, who's currently the king, hears that I'm going to anoint another king, I'm going to be in big trouble. And the Lord says, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You're to anoint for me the one I indicate. He says, go down to Bethlehem. Samuel was in Jerusalem where Saul was. Go down to Bethlehem. Go down to Bethlehem and anoint the king. Get up from where you are and go to this place and get an alignment. Go to this new place. He needed to go to Bethlehem. Get up and go down to Bethlehem from the house of Saul to the house of Jesse or David. There's a shift. We're gonna do this. We're gonna shift. We're gonna shift. This is out of alignment. We're gonna go get in alignment. We're gonna shift. I wanna say to you, go down to Bethlehem, tree of life. We're gonna make a shift here. Wherever you've been, don't get comfortable. If you've been comfortable, you've been complacent, it's time to get up and go down to Bethlehem. Get up from where you are. God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. There's a shift coming. There's a shift for you and your family. You gotta get up and get in alignment. You may have been out of alignment your whole life. I don't know, but whatever it is or an area, get up, go down to Bethlehem, get in alignment with God's plan. Be in God's place. Be where God wants you to be. Some of us, he's told us to do things we haven't done yet. Some of us, he's told us to go places we haven't gone yet. Get up from where you are and go down to Bethlehem. There's a shift coming and God's making a shift And we want to be in place. There's a new order. There's a new place we need to be in. So Samuel goes down to Bethlehem to anoint uh, to Jesse's son to anoint the next king of Israel. To anoint. I want to say this this morning because I think this gets a little bit crazy sometimes. I don't know. When we think of the word anointing or the Holy Spirit, we have a lot of different thoughts about it. And I understand why. He said, I'm going to go to anoint the king. I'm going to go to enable him to empower him. The anointing is to be enabled and to be empowered. I think I said this already. It's not to be, and it's not entertainment. It's not for your enjoyment. And I think sometimes we miss that or we get, we get spooked out by the word because we've seen it used for entertainment. It's not so you can come and have Holy Ghost goosebumps. You may get them being in alignment with God. It's come to enable you and empower you to do what God has called you to do. I think we miss that when we think about the anointing or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's not for entertainment. It's not for enjoyment. It's for enablement. It's for your empowerment. And I think it's important because I think that gets misunderstood and actually I think it gets misused and it turns people off. And that's, I think, a ploy of the enemy to keep you from walking in the anointing. The anointing is the empowerment of God. Let me say, the anointing is the empowerment of God, not to entertain you, but to rebuke cancer. It's the power of God to rebuke depression and suicide off of lives. The anointing is there to break addictions. The anointing is there to break bondages and chains. The anointing is there to restore relationships and marriages. The anointing is there to bring the prodigal home in Jesus' name. The anointing is there to set the captives free. Amen. To heal the brokenhearted. That's what the anointing is there for. The anointing comes to do something, not for our entertainment or enjoyment, but for you to get... Connected with your assignment. God sends the anointing for you to do something with a power greater than your own. The Bible says it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord, amen? He's enabling you to do something you couldn't do without him. When the anointing comes on you, the anointing comes on you so you can feed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. The anointing comes on you so your jar of oil won't ever end when you're pouring it out. That's what the anointing's for. What we need is the anointing of God. It's stronger than pandemics, it's stronger than racism. It's stronger than hatred. It's stronger than inflation. It's stronger than what this world has. It's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the anointing that you and I need to walk in, not just have, but operate in. It's the, chain, it's the change the world needs. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, and we celebrate that. How? Through the anointing? The anointing in you is greater than what's in the world. Well, Samuel goes to Bethlehem with a horn full of oil to anoint one of Jesse's sons. Now listen to this for a second. That means Samuel carrying a horn of oil to anoint David king. Samuel as carrying another man's anointing. So think about this for a second. The man of God in the illustration as carrying someone else's anointing. Could it just be possible that you and I need to walk in the anointing and get an alignment? Because maybe God would use us then to help somebody else find their anointing? Could it just be possible, mom and dad, mom and dad, would it just be possible that God would trust you enough to give you an anointing to give to your kids? Could it just be possible that God would use you to help a broken marriage next door? Could it, if you're in alignment? Could it just be possible that if God can trust you, he will use you to carry the anointing to help save, save, change somebody else's life. It's not just for us. We're not just getting alignment for our own good and well-being. But when God can trust us to be in alignment, then he'll pour out that anointing so we can share that with other people that we come in contact with. I have uh, been talking about this for a couple of weeks, actually, and my wife and I have been praying about it. And God just dropped this in my spirit. I don't know how you're gonna think about it. And that's okay, I'm gonna do it because I feel God said to do it. But next week, and we're all kind of feeling this. I know people have gone back to school. People are getting ready to go back to school. And certainly it's all in our minds with some of the tragic things that have happened more recently. But I really felt, my wife and I talking and praying, I really felt that God said that next week, the 21st, that we're to take time in our service to anoint teachers, people that work in our school system in whatever capacity that I believe is the pastor shepherd of this place that God would give my wife and I anointing the ability, the opportunity to carry this anointing that we can then anoint people in those positions so when they go into those schools, they walk in anointed in the power of God. Amen? So, I don't know. That may be weird to you or whatever. That's fine. You can come or not come. We're going to do it because it's right there in the Bible. Amen. We're going to take a moment. So if you're a teacher or a bus driver or a custodian or a working admin in the schools, then come on. Because we're not going to try and embarrass anybody, but we're just going to take a moment have you come up. It doesn't take long, and we're just going to do exactly what the Word says. We're just going to anoint you. Because we believe in our position, time of what God spoke to our heart, that He's entrusting us an anointing to share with you in that moment. But that's not all, because I really felt there was something more deeper there and then as my wife continued to process this and talk about it, on the 28th, Sunday, the 28th, say the 28th. Everybody say the 28th. All right, 28? Okay, all right. On the 28th, we're gonna do the same thing with all our kids, all our kids. We're a family church. Hey, we're a family church. We're not here just to have another meeting. We're here for the anointing of God to be released. Amen. So what we're asking is, it's a family service. So we'll have children's ministry for zero to four. But if you've got a kindergartner and above, then we're going we're gonna to pray for them all. We're going to anoint them all. And it won't take long. And it doesn't matter how long. It takes, honestly, it doesn't matter. And so we're going to ask you to come with your kids in service. And we're going to create a moment in the service that will have your kids all line up. And if they feel more comfortable with you standing in line, that's fine. And you'll come, and my wife and I, because we feel God's entrusted with us an anointing as the shepherds of this church to release that into those kids as they go back to school. Maybe they've already gone back to school. That's okay. So we're going to anoint everyone, every, every child that's kinder through 12 and on, even in college. We're going to do that. So you come or not come, you're, I'm giving you a warning. <laughs> I'm giving you notice. And I hope you invite some other families. Hey, they're going to anoint your kid. I'm there. I hope you invite some teachers that don't go anywhere. Hey, you need the anointing of God in your life this year for your school year. You need to come. I hope you do that. That's why we're asking you to do it. And then also on that day, we're going to have, we're, uh, <laughs> my wife and my family, we've been working already. I think we got five, 600 bottles. We're filling little anointing oil bottles, we are. And we're going to give uh, to every person that wants one on the 28th when they leave, we're going to give you your own little bottle of oil. And you can do whatever you want to do with it, but we're going to tell you what... How to use it. I mean, just, I'm just doing what God told. I know. I know. If, if that seems weird and crazy to you, I, I'm not even gonna apologize. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna be obedient to God and we're gonna allow the anointing of God to be released. Amen? Amen. In our lives, our teachers, our people are working for our schools and, and our kids and our families, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So come on out. We need the anointing. We need the anointing in our life. God can trust us carry someone's anointing, and that's important for us to be obedient to God. So Jesse brings most of his sons, seven out of eight. Eliab, the oldest, looked kingly, and in fact, it even fooled Samuel. He's like, oh, he must be the one. He looks like it. He's even a soldier. It wasn't him. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 6, 7, we, we won't read it again. It says, God looks at the heart Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I'm going to go on. That means God chooses us by our heart. God said, I found a man after my own heart when he found David. The only qualification David needed to be anointed was a heart after God. Let's talk about the horn of oil for a second as he looked at Eliab and Abinadab and Shammah and then the other brothers. He brought seven and it wasn't any of them It says, he went to each one and it wasn't any. Now he was fooled by Eliab because he said, well, this looks like, this looks, it must be him. It must be Eliab and it wasn't him. Let me just tell you a little bit about horns of oil back in that day. They were made out of ram's horns. So it had at least an opening on one end and possibly one on the other end. And so to carry oil, they had to seal it. So they would seal both ends with wax and it would have the oil in it. And if he's traveling from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, he wants to get there with his oil. And so he had to have it sealed with wax. So if you look at this through Old Testament writings and you look at this through historical things, what really, what possibly happened that day as Samuel went to Eliab, the one who looked the most kingly, because it wasn't his own discernment because this must be the one. This has to be the king. He held the horn of oil over Eliab's head and no oil came out. Then he went to Abinadab. Okay, so maybe it's not him, but it must be Abinadab. So he held the horn of oil and... No oil came out. Okay? Shama, it's got to be you. All the way down to seven boys. No oil came out. No oil came out. It was only until the eighth boy came along, which is interesting to me. Because you know what the number seven means in the Bible? Completeness. Do you know what the number eight means? New beginnings. New beginnings. So God was saying, everything changes at this point in time. When this oil is poured out, everything changes. It's a new beginning for you, it's a new beginning for your marriage, it's a new beginning for your family. It's a new beginning. God's doing a new thing. He has a new anointing for you, He has a new power He wants you to operate in. God's doing something new. I feel that in this church. I believe God has a new anointing for Tree of Life Church for this next season. I believe he has a new power for us to walk in for this next season. I believe he has it for you and I believe he has it for me. I believe he has it for this church. Let's talk about that horn then. So here come the eighth boy, David, the least likely. The one everybody overlooked. The one everybody discounted. He wasn't big enough. He wasn't experienced enough. He wasn't educated enough. And yet, when Samuel held that horn of oil over his head, the wax melted. The wax melted. You know what we're gonna do Friday night in the night of worship? We're gonna melt some wax. We're gonna melt some wax. You know what happened? The glory of God, the power of God melted the wax so the, so the oil flew from that horn on his head down to his feet and anointed him king. We gotta melt some wax because we have too many barriers above us between the anointing and our life, too many hindrances. Maybe they've been there a whole life, but when we get in that place of getting in alignment with our assignment, it melts the wax and releases the oil, the anointing on our life to do what God has called us to do. So we are gonna melt some wax in Jesus' name, amen. Why are you coming and stand up and praise and sing to God? Because we're melting wax. Why do you raise your hands in worship? Because I'm melting wax. Why do you go to 6 a.m. prayer doing 21 days of prayer? Because I'm melting wax. Why are you going out there Friday night instead of on a date with your spouse? No, we're going on a date Friday night to the night of worship because we're going to melt some wax. Why? Why do you give? Because I'm melting wax. Why do you serve? Because I'm melting wax. I melt some wax. Too so many things that have been barriers and hindrances in our life. And when we get in that presence of God and get in alignment with our assignment. We say, yes, Lord, and we make the adjustments. we You told me to go, I'm going to go. You you told me to pray, I'm going to pray. You told me to give, I'm going to give. You told me to serve, I'm going to serve. Not my will, but your will be done. When we do that in that moment, the glory and power of God comes and melts the wax and removes the barriers over our head. So the oil comes out, the anointing pours out, the Holy Spirit flows down on us in Jesus' name. That's that's what we're going to do. New season, new anointing. What are you willing to do? Because the reality is I can't melt the wax for you. I got my own wax to melt. But you better believe I'm going to be here doing that. Because I don't want those barriers. I don't want the anointing that God, I want all the anointing God has for my life. How about this? One more, one more and we'll close. How about this, guys? I can't remember the date. I think it's the 27th, uh, Saturday the 27th. Men's breakfast. What are you guys going to do at the men's breakfast? We're going to melt some wax. I'll be teaching on the anointing at the men's breakfast and I'm telling all the men right now, all the men, you need to come. Because we're going to stay on this anointing topic. And God's put something in my heart for the men. listen, men, you need to melt the wax over your own head because you need to be anointed to lead your family. You need to be anointed, anointed to lead your spouse, lead your kids. You need to be anointed for business. You need to be anointed to do what God's called you to do. But here's what we're going to do before we leave. We're going to stand to our feet right now. And all I need to do is create this moment. I saw this in my heart today. And I asked Pastor Cody several days ago, maybe a week ago, here's the song I really feel in my heart. We're just going to lift our hands and worship. What are you going to do? We're going to melt some wax. See, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks around about you. Don't worry about, raise, raise your hand. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks because they can't melt the wax for you. They're worried about melting their own wax. They don't care what you're doing. So we need to lift our voice and lift our hands to sing in this moment. We're going to lift our voice and worship to God. And what you're going to do is you're going to get your heart in alignment with God. And if you need to ask forgiveness, you need to make some commitments to him, then you need to do it. But let's all do something because we need to melt that wax so the Holy Spirit can flow in us and through us. Let's worship. Anointing Fall on me. Anoint. the power our heart Lord today anointing fall on us Father we just we want to position ourselves to be in alignment with your plan and your purpose forgive us if we've done our own thing or gone our own way trying to make our own way own plan happen we submit and surrender right now Father to get in alignment with your plan and purpose for our life and Father therefore remove all the barriers that would hinder the anointing for flowing Father God melt the wax on the horn above our heads and release the anointing and your power into our life in a greater measure. We thank you, Father God, for a new anointing. We thank you for a new thing that you're doing, a new empowerment, Father God, to do what you've called us to do. Thank you, Father God, Lord, for the anointing that comes from being in alignment, agreement with you, your way, your word, your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed my heart, my hope today was to kind of get us ready, I don't know, for the anointing in a greater measure, at least begin the journey. I'm hoping that you're going to come back for every installment of the series or watch it if you can't make it because I believe God's doing a new thing. I believe we're stepping into a new anointing and a new power to do and fulfill what he has for us. And I believe he's entrusting us with anointing not just for ourselves, but for our broken humanity. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.